0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our live stream church services, the Walk in Truth podcast, and how to donate, or find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 3, verses 1 through 5, called Bewitched.
1: There's a... uh... Uh, film out right now called the American gospel some of you may have seen it and it depicts some of these tragedies in the American church where people are being duped into thinking that the gospel is about prosperity the gospel is about fame it's about fortune it's about popularity it's about this or that and so many people have bought into it and they sit in churches every week thinking this is the gospel and Paul says no no You've been bewitched, intoxicated by fancy clothes, oratory skills, the excitement, but often what's missing is the substance. Amen? There's a lot of show and a lot of flash out there, but very little Bible. What we need is Galatians 2.20. We need to realize that I've been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live. It's not about me. It's not about my life and my achievements. It's about Christ living through a yielded vessel. And this is where I will confess on behalf of all of us, we all struggle with it, right? Yielding, submission is hard. The power for salvation and holiness comes from the Lord, not from me. The Bible says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to take your stand against the schemes of the devil. Who has bewitched you? Galatians 3.1 So the exclamation, foolish Galatians, the first rhetorical question, who has bewitched you? Who has bewitched you? Who has brainwashed you? One writer says the word in Greek here suggests that Paul regards his Galatian converts is having unwittingly come under the spell or the hypnotic effect of the false teachers. Paul's goal is to undo the spell, to break the spell. Have you ever been talking to someone and the lights are on but nobody's home? (laughs) You're trying to show them and they seem like they're under this hypnotic effect and you're like, wake up! Snap out of it! Right? But we can get duped in this way. We can get uh, enamored by that which is false because it appeals to parts of us, right? Bewitched means to charm or fascinate in a misleading way by flattery or false promises or occultic power. And it clearly suggests that this is the use of feeling over fact, emotion over clear understanding of truth, and Paul says, wake up! Magic, says one writer, attracted people in the ancient world. It promised control over their lives in an uncertain world. Paul is not endorsing it. He is employing a popular usage of the day to indicate the dangerous path the Galatians are on. These men have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Avoid men such as these, Paul says. This is not politically correct stuff, but here it is. Simon the sorcerer in Acts chapter 8 was mesmerizing the people. You could get this idea of bewitched with this text, Acts 8, 9 through 11. There was a certain man named Simon who was formerly practicing magic in the city and he astonished King James. He bewitched the people of Samaria claiming to be someone great. And all the people from the smallest to the greatest were giving attention to him saying, this man is called the great power of God. Acts 8, 9, and 10. And we can be impressed by the show. We can be impressed by someone who allegedly has power. In fact, the Bible says the Antichrist will be able to do demonic, false signs and wonders. And Jesus even says in Matthew 24, if it were possible, these things would mislead even the elect. And he he says, Behold, I've told you in advance. And so we need to know the gospel so that we are not bewitched. So that we are not taking into systems that put us back in bondage by performance. Because if we do that, Galatians 3.10 says we end up under a curse. It's as if someone put a spell or uttered a spell over the Galatians, says Paul. Because they no longer see the significance of the cross of Christ. We need to return regularly to the cross of Christ. There's a verse on the wall, and you might want to turn around and look at it because it's for anyone who's in this pulpit. And it says this, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. When Jesus and the cross of Jesus and the resurrection lose their centrality in the message then the messenger has gone amiss. How many times have you gone back and heard an old Billy Graham message and over and over again, what's Billy appeal to? The cross of Jesus Christ. Because that's where the power is. And if we get enraptured with a system that becomes more about our bullet points and our ability to do this or that, and we lose the significance of the saving power of the gospel... We're beginning to go amiss. And I'll tell you this, I, when I listen to someone, I listen closely to hear how much I hear Jesus and how much I hear talk about the cross. Because if I hear more about my performance and how I'm supposed to do life, I want to hear some of those things, no doubt. But it's got to come from the foundation of the power of God. Jesus was publicly portrayed End of verse 1, before the Galatians' very eyes. Now, does this mean that they saw Jesus crucified? Probably unlikely, maybe a few had. But they saw or they felt or could see the gospel or the cross in the preaching of the word of God. Publicly portrayed is a Greek word called prographo, It translates a word that's used of posting important official notices on a placard in the marketplace or other public locations for citizens to read, Jesus Christ, when he was proclaimed by Paul in, to the Galatian churches, it's almost as if people could see the crucifixion. Today, we don't have to do that because many of us have seen Gibson's film, The Passion of the Christ, or we saw some—maybe we saw the Visual Bible, or we saw you know Jesus of Nazareth—and so we've seen some depictions of crucifixion. We don't know if all the details are accurate, but we know if you've seen The Passion of the Christ movie, it's hard to even look at the whipping and the crucifixion scene. And when Paul came into town, one writer says it's as if Paul got out a projector and played the Jesus film for the Galatians. Now, he wouldn't have done that. That technology was not there. But he didn't need it, and we don't either because the power is in the message preached. We don't necessarily need the visuals to get the picture. The visual's already in the description of what happened. That Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. Do you remember when you first saw the cross? Do you know what I'm talking about? When you saw it. Do you remember that? I'll tell you what, when I first saw what the cross meant in my spirit, when I realized that Jesus was dying in my place there, when I realized the theological implications that He was taking the wrath of God on my behalf, that He was enduring uh, punishment as though He had committed my sin and the collective sins of humanity, I mean, just... Think about the sins in this room. Hard to take. But then walk that out. That's what Jesus is enduring on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I would imagine that Paul was a passionate proclaimer of that message. And the Galatians, when they gathered and they heard it, and they heard a man articulate the cross, they could see God's saving power on display. Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed before you as dying on the cross. But look at 2.21. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then what happens? Christ died what? Needlessly. If you can save yourself some other way, then why the cross? Pray tell. You have to ask that question. If you're just someone who is considering the claims of Jesus this morning as you listen to my voice, You've not made up your mind yet. If you think that good works can save you or your good works will outweigh your bad works, can I ask you, why do you think God allowed his son to die in that that terrible way? See, the cross speaks volumes. And the cross is where God's love and God's justice intersect at the person of Jesus. The cross is God's love on display, but it's also the seriousness of sin is on display. It is showing us that God loves us so much that Christ died for us, but sin is so serious that Christ had to die for us. The cross speaks volumes, and it's as though Jesus were publicly uh, portrayed as dying on the cross and the preaching of the gospel. If only the Galatians would have fixed their eyes on the placard and understood it, it would have enabled them to escape the fascination of the false teachers for Jesus was publicly portrayed, but some were trying to remove the picture and the implications. Do you get the picture? They're saying, well, the cross is important, but this is what you've got to do now. And there are people who are at the Tyler Galleria, part of cult groups. They're at other locations, and this is their opening pitch, and they have bewitched many People who have sat in evangelical churches for years and said something like this. Oh, no, that that doesn't. The cross of Christ doesn't completely save you. Now you got to do this. And what they do is they get their hook in the jaw of people who should know better.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment.
1: Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. We'd
0: love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth.
1: If only the Galatians would have fixed their eyes on the placard and understood it. It would have enabled them to escape the fascination of the false teachers. For Jesus was publicly portrayed, but some were trying to remove the picture and the implications. Do you get the picture? They're saying, well, the cross is important, but this is what you've got to do now. And there are people who are at the Tyler Galleria, part of cult groups, They're at other locations and this is their opening pitch and they have bewitched many people who have sat in evangelical churches for years and said something like this, oh no, that that doesn't, the cross of Christ doesn't completely save you, now you gotta do this. And what they do is they get their hook in the jaw of people who should know better But for some reason, whatever's going on in that person's life, they get convinced that, well, maybe they're not saved. Maybe the cross is not enough. Maybe it's not by grace. The mother of a nine-year-old boy named Mark received a phone call in the middle of the afternoon. It was the teacher from her son's school, Mrs. Smith. Something unusual happened today in your son's third grade class. Your son did something that surprised me. So much that I thought you should know about it immediately when you get a phone call like that as a mom or dad, you like, oh what did he do? <laughs> Never seen anything like this in all my years of teaching. This morning I was teaching a lesson on creative writing, and as I always do, I tell the story of the ant and the grasshopper. The ant works hard all summer, stores up plenty of food, but the grasshopper plays all summer, does no work. The winter comes, the grasshopper begins to starve because he has no food. So he begs, please, Mr. Ant, you have much food, please let me eat too. Then I said, boys and girls, your job is to write the end of the story. Your son Mark raised his hand and said, teacher, may I draw a picture? Well, yes, Mark, if you like. You may draw a picture, but you first have to write the ending of the story. She said, in all the years past, most of the students said, the ant shared his food through the winter, and both the ant and the grasshopper lived. A few children wrote, no, Mr. Grasshopper, you should have worked in the summer, now, uh, and you would have enough food, I have just enough for myself, so the ant lives and the grasshopper dies. But your son ended the story in a way different way from every other child ever. He wrote, so the ant gave all his food to the grasshopper, the grasshopper lived through the winter, but the ant died. And the picture that your son drew, three crosses at the bottom of the page. See, the son understood the gospel. The gospel is someone who gives it all to us, though we don't deserve it. He gives his life as a public display of God's incredible love for us. I cannot save myself. And so many of us walk around trying with our best efforts on august 16 1987 northwest airlines flight 225 crashed just after taking off from the detroit airport killing 155 people one survived a four-year-old from tempe arizona named cecilia news accounts say when rescuers found cecilia they did not believe she had been on the plane Investigators first assumed Cecilia had been a passenger in one of the cars on the highway onto which the airliner crashed. But when the passenger register for the flight was checked, there was little Cecilia's name. Cecilia survived because even as the plane was falling, Cecilia's mother, Paula Chican, unbuckled her own seatbelt, got down on her knees in front of her daughter, wrapped her arms and body around Cecilia, and then would not let her go. Nothing could separate that child from her parents' love, neither tragedy nor disaster, neither the fall nor the flames that followed, neither height nor depth, neither life nor death. This writer says, Such is the love of our Savior for us. He left heaven, lowered himself to us, covered us with the sacrifice of his own body to save us. The horror of sin and death cannot destroy us because he sacrificed himself for us and wouldn't let us go. And so Paul says, second rhetorical question, this is the only thing I want to find out from you, verse two. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law? You can write 2.16 and 3.10 there. Or by the hearing of faith. Answer me one question. This sounds like Pastor John. He's famous for this. We, we have meetings and he'll say, I just have one question. But then he doesn't always have just one question. He's like a preacher who says, just five more minutes. And I know how you guys take that most of the time. When you received Jesus Christ into your life, when you received the Holy Spirit, you were born again at the moment of salvation. Did it come through the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Answer the question for yourself. You don't have to say it out loud, but you know what happened, right? You heard the gospel. Some of you walked into a church as a walking disaster. (laughs) I was one of those. I walked into a church An utter disaster. I was living far, far away from the precepts of Almighty God. Doing everything I wanted to do for me, myself, and I. And I walked into a church, heard the gospel, and when I got saved and the Holy Spirit came into my life, it was simply this. Oh God, thank you for Jesus Christ. If you can save somebody like me, please. And I walked down an aisle, not that you have to walk down an aisle to get saved, and I was born into a living hope On the spot. I didn't do 30 push-ups in the aisle. I wasn't given a list and said, do these 15 things and then come back and see us. No, 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 no. Salvation is a gift from God. And the evidence of that gift is the receiving of the Holy Spirit because every believer becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. I have one question. How did you receive the Spirit of God in the first place? Did you do a bunch of works or did you fall on your knees or on your face? Did you walk to the front of a church or the front of a crusade and cry for mercy? I think we know the answer. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says, In Him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of His glory. God's Spirit moves through the preaching of the Word, and when someone hears the Word in faith, They're born again to a living hope. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus, you mean I got to enter into my mama's womb and be born a second time? No. I'm talking about spiritual things, Nick. (laughs) You must be born from above. This is literally what the language means. You must have a supernatural transformation. I am not talking about trying harder. I'm not talking about a self-help program. I'm not talking about do these 10 things and you'll be a better person who will run faster, jump higher, and achieve all your goals. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about a rah-rah session where you walk into a building and someone tells you you're good enough, you're smart enough, and people like you. We're talking about a Savior who died in our place so that we could be spiritually transformed. Amen? From death to life, from the power of Satan to God. We're not talking about a few things that I add to my portfolio as an American. We're talking about a spiritual transformation from heaven to earth, from God to man. This is what salvation is.
0: You've been listening to Bewitched, part two on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 3, verses 1 through 5. And remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen on walkintruth.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And an FYI, Pastor Michael is the Senior Pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. And as things have slowly reopened, you are invited to attend one of our Sunday morning services this weekend. Or if you don't live in Southern California, or you'd rather watch online, we do live stream the 9 a.m. service as well. You can find Living Truth Christian Fellowship on YouTube and by going to the walkintruth.com website. Either online or in person, Pastor Michael would love to meet you.
1: Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, this gospel that we proclaim needs to be guarded so that no one is bewitched. And one of the best ways that we can keep from being ripped off is by being discipled. And that is to hold other people accountable, to meet with others for Bible study, and not to be legalistic, but to hold brothers and sisters accountable to get into the Word of God. And so, you know, sometimes it's hard to get into devotions on your own. That's why you should be in a midweek Bible study. Make sure you're in a small group so that you can grow in your faith, so that you can have other Christians encouraging you and holding you accountable. This is the way that we walk out our faith. And hey, if you're not connecting with other believers in that way, I know it's been a little bit tough lately. Make sure you're tuning into live services that are streamed. Make sure you're getting to your Bible on your own, and maybe just meet with a couple of close friends that you know, you can meet outside and and do what you need to do to get into the Word of God. Hey, if we can help you with anything, uh, prayer, you need to talk to a pastor, we're available at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH during normal business hours, Tuesday through Friday. We'd love for you to reach out to us, 844 48 truth. Also, I'd like to invite you to our Sunday morning service at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where I serve as senior pastor. We have two morning services, 9 and 11, 15 a.m. Now, we do have people coming, but space is limited. So um, if you come, just be prepared to uh, have a mask recommended and to keep some distance. But we would love for you to come. You can find out information, directions. We live stream the 9 a.m. service. You can find out all of that at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Hopefully we'll see you at one of the services. God bless you. We'll talk to you then.
0: One more thing. Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. So please give your donation at walkintruth.com. And join us Monday for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 3, 1 through 5, 5 called Bewitched. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, have a great weekend and thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.